Hey, what is up, everybody, and welcome to the Get Your Bell Rung Football Podcast. He is Kevin Reynolds. I am Bobby Wall, and we are here to talk all things football and hit you with some takes that might rattle you up a bit. On tonight's show, we got some uh, some ground to, to make up. We missed last week due so to some uh, time constraints and some issues, uh, but it's all good. We are here. We'll talk about the divisional round that was. Look into the uh, championship weekend that is coming up on us, and also talk a little bit about this past season's top twelve fantasy quarterbacks. But first, Kevin Reynolds, how you doing, my friend? Doing pretty well, buddy. Got me a beer. I'm a little upset with myself. I want to stop by Martin's today and get myself some ginger beer because I'm out. For for those who don't know, Bobby's turned me on to these mules. Uh, right, man. And my favorite now is not the Moscow mule. It's the Kentucky mule you turned me on to. Bourbon, lime juice, and ginger beer. I had to get to all the quantities just right. And now that I have, it's become my favorite uh, sipping drink. Although I You're did not sip them. <laughs> Good for you, buddy. <laughs> Speaking of favorites, is Jason Kelsey the most liked player in the NFL? It's pretty cool. Dude, men like him, women like him. So he's obviously Eagles fans like him. The Chiefs fans can't get enough of him, obviously, because he's rooting for his brother. But I don't know if you saw the video before the game. He was tailgating with Bills fans in a parking lot. Yeah, tailgating, then going out shirtless during the game, jugging a beer. Uh, He's and great, man. Then, of course, when you look at him, you think he just looks like any, any given dad bod at the at the pool. Of course, oh, you don't yeah. realize that underneath that layer of fat is a man who is just ridiculously strong. But and uh, one of the most athletic centers of all yeah. time. They on their I don't know, I think it was a, I don't know if it was this show or. Or this week's show or last week's where they talk who would be better if, if they switched roles. If Jason became a tight end and Travis became a center. Jason says it'd definitely be him, that he'd be the better tight end and that Travis would get murdered as a center. That he I think he's right. Yeah, I think he's right too. I, I think he's right. the center is is people don't realize that they like when I was talking with Alexandria say my daughter, and she's like, That doesn't seem very hard. All you gotta do is hike the ball. I'm like, oh, baby, aside from quarterback, it's the toughest position on the field for offense, both from yeah. a physical standpoint and a mental, emotional standpoint. It's well, like, and for defense, too. He, that's the second yeah. hardest position, offense or defense. Yeah, so uh, I tried to explain that to her. and She wasn't really buying it, but nonetheless. It's all right. Oh, man. So, all right, so I did a little hey, deep dive. Yeah, I, want, I got a bone to pick with your missus. Okay. He jumped a gun today. Did you see her Facebook post? I don't know. I think it was the hormones just are rolling through her, and it was one of those touchy feely posts about. I hope he has internal happiness. Oh, it was, Kelsey, it was yeah. bizarre. Reggie, I love you, but it was really weird. But you jumped the gun, gun on like the first or second sentence. He hasn't yeah. officially retired. He just straight up came out last week and said, "I've not retired. I was emotional at the end of the game. I ran my mouth a little bit. I don't know what I'm going to do." So for anybody out there, he's not officially retired. Yeah. So so my old lady, she. She loves Kelsey, obviously, and she made a post on Facebook about, you know, she hopes Jason Kelsey's like a poster child, I think, for like having underlying um, like depression issues. Like he seems great on the surface and all these people love him and this and that. And he's funny. And maybe there's something going on. And she was just like, you know, I hope I hope people are checking on it. 
hope he's doing all right. He's retiring. And you're right. He That's not official. He hasn't filed any paperwork yet. But did you see the response she got? Women were coming out of the oh, woodwork. Yes, oh, I was, was thinking the same thing. I was just wondering about it was, this. It's okay. It was bizarre at best. Ladies, we love you. Uh, I think Mr. Kelsey's probably all pretty good. He's had a great life most of his life, a great support structure with his his family, yeah. his current family. Things are things are going well. I imagine like any big time future Hall of Famer when he does retire. I'm sure he'll have a few issues here and there on today, especially like when you know when when camp starts up, things like that, day mm-hmm. one of the season. But I, I think I think he's good. I'm not I'm not particularly concerned about his mental and emotional state. I think it's nice people care. It must be nice to have so many strangers care about you. I reckon. Oh, did you see the interview they did with their dad? Um, I guess their, not. their last name isn't Kelsey. Well, what is it? It's Kels. They didn't even know it. And their dad he was like, well, why did you change the name? And the dad was like, I just got tired of correcting people. Really? So their name apparently is Kels. I just I just watched it. To, they tonight. found out like, this week. And out, I don't know when it was. In 30s that their last name isn't what they thought it was their entire lives. I don't know when it happened, but I just watched it an hour ago. Because and the dad's think, like, yeah, I just got tired of it. You think, yeah, well, you think somebody on his side of the family at some point in their lives may have mentioned uh, that's not how you say our name. You would think. I mean, it'd be like me finding out here now that our last name is actually Reynolds, not Reynolds. It's R E Y Ray Reynolds. You do. <laughs> Bobby Walsh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bobby Walsh. Love it. Esquire. Uh, who knows, man? Oh, that's All odd. Right. But, um, yeah, he, he looked like he was having a good time. He seems like such an awesome dude to drink a beer with. Oh, yeah. All right. I dipped in uh, the quarterback waters here. I went back to 2020. So I looked at the top 12 quarterbacks, QB1s, in fantasy from 2020 uh, until now. I'm going to give you a little quiz here. Of those 12, from 2020 to 2021, how many repeated? As number one? No, no, just a QB one, like from one to twelve. I'm I'm not sure what you I'm I'm not sure exactly what you're asking. So there are t- normally twelve teams in a fantasy league. Okay. So in the top twelve, we consider them QB ones. Like okay, an, you're not talking about the overall QB one. Correct. See, that's where we were having a disconnect there. Gotcha. So how many do you think of those twelve? How many repeated from 2020 to 2021? You mean just those two seasons? Correct. Just from 20 to 21. I have no idea without looking at even the names. Um, yeah, just a guess. Four. Eight. Eight. Eight repeaters from 21 to 22. I only picked four because I thought you were trying to trick me here, so I thought no, I'd get no really tricks. low. No tricks. From 21 to 22, we had seven repeaters. There we go. Now, we thought this year was pretty wild on quarterbacks. We were right. Only four there's your original guess from tw- from last year this year. Only four repeated. Alan, then I looked a little farther. There's uh, only two guys Dad. that you can guess. Only two guys that, that were on this list all four years. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. That's easy. There are there were three total, Tom Brady being one of them, but two quarterbacks currently that still play that made 
three of those four years. I'll give you one, Justin Herbert. Who do you think the other one was? Russ? No. Um, I really, I have no idea. Uh, I lied. There's an extra one. Hertz was on that list as well. Because it wasn't like L. Jacks, obviously, because he missed too damn Dude. many games. Um, Our boy, Kirk Cousins. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I didn't even think of him. So I'm looking at names here, yeah. and since he's buried in this season, that, it didn't yeah. even come to my mind. So uh, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, active QBs, and Tom Brady, who's not, obviously. And Kirk Cousins made the list three times. Uh, and then, so this year, we had six. Jordan Love, Brock Purdy, Tua, Baker Mayfield, C.J. Stroud, and my guy, Sam Howe, all were in the top 12, all first-timers. Half of them. Boy, is that wild or what? He, how did Sam Howe get in? On my, on my list, he's 15th. Uh, 12th, according to Fantasy Pros. Well, I don't know what kind of system they're using because he's way back of 12 on here. He's 20. Six points behind Stroud. Uh, we uh, had nonetheless, he won't even be a starter next year, so he's not going to have to worry about his repeat. That's true. We had 73 quarterbacks this year score at least one fantasy point. 73. We had 64 score more than 10. Well, Cleveland had five just on their own. Dude, that so, is uh, wild. Absolutely wild. So before we move on. Here's my question to you. What does that tell us about what did we learn going into this year about QBs? Very volatile position, and they are the biggest wimps in football and miss a lot of games. So do you think this is going to be a trend, or do you think this is a blip on the radar? Do you think next year we might have seven of these guys repeat again? Yeah, I would say that would be normal, barring injuries. I I agree, but Sam Howe, Baker Mayfield. Oh, I could see I Baker Mayfield go back. And they're going to make a real push to get him. I tell you what, he, is he the guy for Tampa? Is he the he new should guy? Should be. I he agree. Great dude, especially to close out the year, man. Absolutely. He, I mean, and the, the team seems to love the guy. They really. I tell you what, it tells me. You you go in with Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts if you're willing to make that second round pick on a quarterback. I'm not. If one of them comes to me in the third round, I think about it. But after that, I'm waiting. I'm waiting till the end. Because all of these guys here, of the QB ones from this season, Jordan Love, Brock Purdy, Jared Goff, Tua even, to an certain extent, Mayfield, Trout, and Howe were all free. You got them all in the 12th, 13th round. Yeah. You know, double digits. Absolutely. Um, Tua, you know, depending on your draft. There will be people still. who are going to be down on Kirk, down on uh, Herbert. They're even going to slip farther than what they would have. Trevor Lawrence, even. Oh, yeah. He was like QB1 last year. He was like QB8 last year. What did he fall apart? How about Justin Fields? Oh, yeah. I He's like not that. in the top 12. Suffered oh, injuries, God. right? So it's next year is going to be wide open. The fantasy drafts are going to be crazy with quarterbacks next year. But here's the thing. As soon as you and I start to think there's a trend of something, the NFL and fantasy gods immediately spite us and do the exact opposite of what you and I think is about to happen. So, people Sometimes. get used to it. Bobby's saying it's not going to happen. So, go draft Jordan Love with your first pick. Go get Brock Purdy in a second round, because believe it, they're going to probably be top three. 
Um, who knows, man? Who knows? Am I All wrong right. though? <laughs> the it, fantasy gods uh, have spited us. Or, or we're a couple months from now. Other folks, like we're gonna look on the news, and I'm gonna see something and have to take a screenshot and send it to you and be like, dude, we just talked about this a month ago. Because that happens so. a lot as well. Perhaps All so. Right. Man, I don't want to bring this up. The Eagles? But, well, obviously not. I never heard of them. I am getting closer and closer to believing that professional sporting games, I don't they don't have a script. I, I get that. But man, watching some of these games play out with the calls that are made, especially in the last couple of years, in crucial moments, man, it just really kind of sways me to think there's a certain outcome that the NFL wants. And boy, if they don't try to make sure that happens. And I hate to say it, and it took me a while to believe it because people have been talking about this forever. But boy... I'm really starting to get there. So you're now officially labeled a conspiracy theorist. You're you're Mel Gibson now. I'm getting there. Okay, yeah. So, so let me give that. you that, and that's great. That, no. I do believe Good. the NFL has a vested interest in certain teams doing well. They do not really want a uh Jacksonville versus Seattle Super Bowl because nobody right. cares about those teams. Right. I, I'm with you there. I don't I think there's too many people involved for there to be a true conspiracy because that mm -hmm. that many people can't keep That's a tough. secret. What's the right. old pirate speak? Two people can keep a secret as long as one of them's dead. One of them's dead. Yeah, my dad loves that man. My dad That's brings classic that up. piratism. Probably twice, right? Every other month, my dad will say that for some reason. Yeah, so we're talking at minimum. You'd have a couple higher up execs. You'd have to have the whole referee crew in on it. Yeah, but then Ooh, maybe just possibly one. having whole teams in on it, whole this and that. I just can't buy it. It's, I do think there is a vested interest. I don't think somebody's pulling strings. So if that was the case, it would be like New England versus the Dallas Cowboys in the Super Bowl every year because that's where the NFL would make the most money. Uh, do I think it's a fun thing to think about, especially when it's you know your own team getting a shitty call? Pardon my French. Um, you know, all those type things, but I really don't think that there's some overarching evil thing that is 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 pulling calling the shots during every football game. Please give, give me an example of what made you really yeah. what yes. took you over the edge. Yeah. So and I'm still teetering. I'm leaning though. Uh, and here's a story. We're, we're jumping sports here. We're gonna go to the NBA. I was listening to a podcast and they were interviewing two former NBA players, one of them being Evan Turner. So they were talking to the other guy. I can't remember off the top of my head. And they're like, talking about game sevens. And he's like, why are they? And he's like, you know, people ask me all the time, why are game seven so hard? Why are game seven so hard? And it's like, I want to tell them, but I know I can't. And Evan Turner looks at him and goes, I'll tell him. And the other player goes, all right, man, that's on you. Okay. And then Evan Turner explains it was 2012. He played for the Sixers. They were going up against the. The Celtics, the Miami Heat with LeBron James and Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, they had already won. So the winner of this series, the Celtics Sixers, was going to go play them. And Evan Turner goes up to Elton Brand, older player, been in the league for a while. And he says, Elton, man, game seven tonight. I'm so pumped, blah, blah, blah. And Elton's like, I get you. I get you. But we're going to have to win by 15 if we want to win by one. And Evan Turner's like, what do you mean? He goes, look, man. 
let's just call it like it is. I wouldn't pay to watch us play the Heat next round. And I'm on the team. The NBA wants nothing with us playing the Heat. They want the Celtics going up against the Heat. So if we want to win, we got to win by 15 to win by one. Because the refs are going to make sure the Celtics win this series. And it's like two guys. The one guy didn't even want to bring it up, didn't want to talk about it. But the other guy knew what he was saying and shared that story. I just it pushed me over a little bit, man. Okay. And I know it's basketball. Yeah, basketball but, is different. And, and right. the way betting is and so much fewer people and the way referees can really swing a basketball game sure. early but we or also know throughout. We also know a penalty could be called on every single play. Right. Yeah, I yeah. Uh, I don't know. I I just can't. Interesting. Regardless, interesting story. Yeah, it's fun to think about. And I, yeah. I, I myself, have, I love the memes, you know, like when you're playing a team and it's good, the other team's NF, like their MVP and it's a referee in like red and black stripes or something like that. Okay. Yeah. But I, I still don't think there's this concerted effort to screw over one team or the other. Mostly and, simply because there's no way that for the last hundred years that could have all been kept under wraps except for a few conspiracy theorists. Somebody well, later in life would have come out and had this horrible feeling and wrote a book about it. Because I've not heard of Roger Goodell being like old uh, Hillary and having people killed. So, he's going to die. He'll die with his secrets. Goodell ain't telling nobody anything. He's probably got a lot of them. Like that guy. Yeah, I bet he yeah, does. But that's the thing with him, dude. He... People don't realize he's not this overarching evil character. He just does what the owners want. And the owners want money. And, and him I to clean the, up their messes. That's all that's I, his job is. I think the problem is he he's unapologetic in what he does. And he doesn't he doesn't even try to explain it sometimes. And that's cool, man. Like you do you to, you right? get it done. But it just doesn't it doesn't play out well with you know the crowd. And the but doesn't it? Because they make more money every year. Viewership oh, continues yeah. to go up every year. So mm -hmm. when people say he's destroying the NFL and all these people, oh, I'm never watching another down. Like, what are you talking about? You're just pretending. Of course you are. Yeah. I just saw you got a new jersey. I just saw you went to the Buffalo game three weeks ago. What are you talking about? Right. You're not going to do it. You're, you're craziness. I actually thought the games this weekend were well officiated. I watched all four. I thought. I didn't see any – yeah, okay, of course they missed a few calls or made a call that seemed bogus. I didn't see anything that was so out of the ordinary that I thought it was it was intentionally made to sway the outcome of the game. I'll be honest. I was eyeing that Miko um, Hardman fumble that went into the end zone. He definitely if they, fumbled. If, if, right. And if they, would, if they would have not overturned it, I was 100% off that cliff, man. Yes, because then the Buffalo <laughs> fans would have stormed our Rockefeller Center or wherever it is. Because, yeah, that would have been some BS because he that ball clearly was coming loose before clearly. his hip hit. Um, I was thinking the same thing, like, oh, wow. If they give them the ball on the, on the half-yard line here, when it's clear he fumbled, mm. heads are going to roll. But uh, crazy game. Five lead changes, 51 points in three quarters, and then fourth yep. quarter, not a, not a point. Uh, well, should have been a couple. One more thing before we get to these games, I, uh, a stat I forgot with those QBs. So Josh Allen was QB. He's been QB one three the last four years. Yeah. He was QB one this year over Hertz by forty points. Yeah. Last year Mahomes was number one over Allen by only by sixteen. Forty points. Josh yeah, Allen QB one. He came alive. That dude is a game 
changer. It's a shame they can't win. It's also a shame that it always gets pinned on him. I, I agree to all of it. All right. The first game, your Baltimore Ravens uh, pounded the Houston Texans pretty good. Uh, I thought the game, I don't know, it felt closer than this for a while. The it Texans was. Were it was hanging. 10-10 at halftime. Right. And, and they were hanging out, and I'm sitting here, I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, there's no way C.J. Stroud pulls this out. And obviously he didn't and wasn't going to. Baltimore's got the best defense in the league, number one scoring defense. But the number one takeaway I got from this game is that Lamar Jackson has got to be so irritating to defend against. And you cannot play man coverage against Baltimore. Uh, it, it seems to me in must-win games, Lamar abandons the pass. He runs as soon as he can. And that kind of makes me wonder. Now, look, it's getting it's getting him wins. But it seems like if, if he sees an opportunity in the regular season, I feel like he's looking to throw first normally. But in the playoffs, man, it, it's like he sees an opening and he goes, which is fine. But you can't play man defense against Baltimore. As soon as, soon as that as ball as is hiked and he sees backs turn. As soon as, as, soon as he sees everybody's names it, gone, and you know it's going to be at least eight yards. Yeah, it's over, man. As soon as those backs turn, he is out of there. And then what? Then you're in I, trouble. I it's a whole bunch of second and shorts, endless first downs. Then you expect that to happen. It doesn't happen. You let your guy take your eye off him for a second, and there's a 17-yard completion. You're going to have a spy on him? Because that's going to be tough, man. It's not like you don't have a Lamar Jackson athlete on the defense. Exactly. I can do it. So it's like I, a waste I told of people before, people don't realize how big he is. You know, I've seen him from like me to about 15 feet away. He is not a small individual. If that dude's coming at me running 4-4, four, four, I don't really want to stand right in front of him. He's, a, he's 6'2", 215. So I'm saying he, he's, he, he's running back size. He's a big dude. Yeah, but that said, um, you probably saw on Facebook. I felt the same way as you. I took a little heat from some of my Facebook buddies on there because I put on that I wanted Harbaugh fired at halftime. But it was again, it was the same thing as 2019. They came out listless, a half mm -hmm. step behind. Lamar was back to doing his 20 yard drops for a five yard gain. So he has to throw the ball 25 yards through the air for a five yard gain. Endless sacks. It just made no sense. And I'm like, really? It's 10-10. This well, it makes looks no sense. And had he learned nothing, but apparently Lamar decided, you know what? Our head coach sucks. I'm going to take over here at halftime. I'm going to give the fiery speech. And then they went out, changed the offense. Munkin changed everything. I'm sure you've read all about it this week or since the game. And boom, it was lights out from there. Well, it looked like they anticipated walking in there and just smashing Houston without trying. Same they did against like, Tennessee, but Derrick Henry had other other thoughts. Right. right. Uh, well, so that's all Derrick I got Henry, for that. I wanted to bring something up because you, you read some of these idiot experts on here about how oh, he's lost a step. He's this and that, that crap. That long touchdown he had in week 18, fifth, fifth fastest ball carrier of the whole season on that play. So he can't have lost too much. And two of the other ones are one of the other ones, Raheem Mostert, who's the same age. Or maybe a year older. And Derrick Henry's 235 yeah. pounds. Imagine that hitting you full steam. No. No. Ooh. Yeah. Nope. Fifth fastest in the league where he most, I think it's the fourth. Two guys both in their 30s now. The other two, I think two 
two of them were Tyreek and one was A-Chan or maybe the other way around. My back hurts enough without thinking about getting run over by Derrick Henry. I saw uh, – read a thing yesterday about all this news coming out about him getting, heading to Dallas. Who? Henry? Yeah. Oh, gosh, that would just be an absolute nightmare for me. Your your boys – it doesn't matter. My mom could be running for Dallas, and she's going to run straight through that Philly defense. <laughs> well, yeah. That's why so I don't It doesn't it. really hurt the Eagles. It hurts all the other teams. Uh, uh, yeah, but I also don't want to see him in that star, man. Well, it might happen, buddy. I think to be honest, you guys be in full rebuild mode here. You guys should sign him. If you can't beat him, let him join you. I don't want him coming to the Rams. That means he's going to get hurt in week one of the preseason. Well, you got something. You got a point there. Uh, all right, I'm going to move on to the, the Saturday night game was Green Bay at San Francisco. And what a game this was. Sure uh, was. It, yeah, man, it ended 24-21, Niners won. But Green Bay had the ball with, what was it, two minutes to go, minute 40? Just five, under two like minutes, that. yeah. Yeah. Um, now, they had the field to go. Jordan Love can play football, man. We He looked good last week in their win against um, Dallas. There were times he's throwing off his back foot. He's, he's accurately – He's doing the three-quarter arm angle, the Aaron Rodgers deal. We can just he end looked. this once and for all. We were wrong. Yeah, well, yeah. Pretty much everybody was wrong. Yep. The dude can play. Let's move yeah. on. And Aaron Jones can too. I mean, you oh, talk yeah, about Derrick Henry, people thinking past his prime. Finally Aaron Jones healthy. is 30-ish. He wasn't healthy all year. He's finally healthy and put up good numbers. Over 100 yards uh, rushing. I mean, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. The thing is, and here goes the, you know, the script – that they're writing in the NFL. The worst play Jordan Love has made all season happened on that interception. He hasn't thrown across his body, running the running the wrong way all season. And he did it on that last play. San Francisco picks it off. Game over. So you feel the players themselves no. are complicit in your theory. No, I'm just I'm just messing around with that. Okay. But I will say San Francisco did not look great they didn't look unbeatable they also they look the same a little listless for some yep. reason when Debo goes out everybody seems to just their whole everybody drops at 10 percent their, their level correct me, correct me if i'm wrong but san francisco went zero and three when Debo was out in the middle yeah, of the year did. 17 That's, points a game and i it just you know hit i watched the hit it didn't look bad you can't ever really tell you know you can't tell but he came out of halftime with no pads on yeah. I mean, there was a zero percent chance he was coming back in, and I've, I, I don't know, that kind of caught me off guard. It's sad because you and I have, at least going into this year, the two people in the league that I hate to see with the ball are Debo and Austin Eckler because I expect him to score on every play. Eckler, yeah. huge regression this year, but I'm starting to get concerned that Debo is. I'm not going to call him soft like he's a wimp, but. He certainly seems to get hurt off. Like he misses whole games. He misses large portions of other games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Is he just injury prone or does he just have a low pain threshold? I don't know. But he seems to miss an awful lot of time. It's definitely become a trend. Well, the, he did not have a fracture, so that's right. good. But he said he's in a lot of pain. Um, and who knows if he plays this week? And if he doesn't, uh, Detroit, baby. It's tough for me to pick Detroit. But Debo doesn't play. I mean, history tells you that doesn't pan out well 
for the 49ers. No, and Jared Goss played played them enough times in his career. He's played there. He has been in a Super Bowl. He is not going to melt under this whole situation. Um, I'm excited. Speaking of Jared Goff, he led his Lions to a 31-23 win against Tampa. Uh, I will say, in the beginning of this game, he looked a little nervous. There was a there. I know there was um a, a pass in the end zone that he had that he severely underthrew his receiver who was open. Could have been a touchdown, end up in a field goal. But it was one of those throws where it's like, I mean, if you're clicking, that's an easy touchdown pass. And when you underthrow, it's like leaving an eagle putt short. You're so nervous. You got that eagle putt. You you know, never leave it short. And he really had a bad throw on that. Um, but obviously he overcame that if jitters was the problem, if they, you know, if they were. And this Lions team, man, everyone is rooting for them. Gosh, I hope they can pull it off. Uh, during the game, Jameer Gibbs is a man. Uh, is he going to be – he's a second-round pick next year for fantasy, right? Maybe first. I... Amon Ra's a first-round I, I pick. Could, oh, I thought you said Gibbs. Both. I'm talking about both. Because they're going to be together. They're, they're gonna definitely be both going to be going by other. the end of the second round. Yeah, but oh yeah, I could see leagues where they're both going at the end of the first round. Yeah, okay. Me too. I mean, as it stands now, obviously there's a lot that happened in the offseason. But boy, has Jameer Gibbs just gotten better and better? He's uh, a beast. We again we look like idiots because when we were watching that draft, we're like, what on earth are the Lions doing here? But we're the fools. But we they're, did say they're the geniuses. We did say all of their picks were fine. They just made them in the wrong order. Yes, we felt that they could have got you know I mean? got those players later. Right. You're right. Yeah. We actually, actually the draft, we both gave them like an A, A plus, something yeah. like that. We just Great felt picks. that where Long the order. players they were getting all these players 10 to 12 spots too early. But boy, Look, Jack Campbell didn't have the year that I think they wanted from him. I mean, he's still uh, you know it was all right here. Yeah, he wasn't right. lights out. But Gibbs, Laporta, and Brian Branch. Man, they are all three making plays. Yeah, and how they still the to this day, how they got Branch where they did just makes no sense. Dude, Branch had eight tackles. He led the team. He had two tackles for loss. And he had a sack. You could have made the you could have made the case of those four guys that he would have went been the first one taken, but he was right. the fourth. It should have been it should have been him and then Gibbs and then Campbell and then Laporta. Yeah. It was just it was all screwed up. Uh, but that being said, we we talked about Baker Mayfield. The dude went 26 for 41 for 350 yards and three touchdowns. He threw two picks. One of them ended the game. Yeah. That's upsetting. Mike Evans, man, eight for 147 and a score. Of course, of course he could catch he, this week. Is he <laughs> Is he ever – he's going to fall off sometime. But when? Did, when? It's, it hasn't happened yet. It hasn't even, there hasn't even been like an inkling of it happening. So yeah. if I'm the Bucks. I talk Mayfield, hit get him and Evans both down. They both apparently want to come back and want to see the other come back. Sit down with them both and say, "Look, we know you both want a lot of money. If you want this to happen, we yep. got it. We got to have some sort of concession here. If you both want to be here, figure it out amongst yourselves. Come back to us with a number, and let's we'll go from yep. there. I think it's Absolutely. the only way they're both coming back. Yeah. Um, here's another question, as far as fantasy drafts go. Sam Laporta, how high does he go? I think Kelsey will still go one in a lot of leagues simply because of name recognition, not because yeah. he's going to outscore him and Laporte will be number two. 
Because Laporta was tight end one this year by 23 yeah. points in half PPR. Yeah, and over, no over Evan Ingram. It wasn't even Kelsey, wasn't even two. Yeah, there's no reason to think it's going to change. So, uh, but people still draft Kelsey. It's name recognition simple. It's He's not going in the first round again like he did this year. Shouldn't, but he will. There will be some people that will. Uh, how many leagues have we been in our lives? There's idiots in every league. All they do is look at a sheet. They see a name they recognize. Their wife says, oh, he's blah, blah, blah. And then they draft him number eight. Two big negatives for Detroit. Their pass defense, not great. Not yet, um, no. Baker was was ripping them apart. But the, also their offensive play calling was very suspect, especially in the red zone. Uh, if you think back to that uh, several times, but that one drive, Ended in a touchdown with Craig Reynolds of all people. Fourth and one, they awesome. went for it. Fourth and goal from the one yard, like they went for it. Yeah. But do you know what they did? The two plays before that, I do. They I threw watched. the ball. They sure did. What are they doing? You, you have got, David Montgomery. You got the arguably best goal line back in the freaking league in Montgomery. You run the football three plays in a row, and you're going to score. Yep. You can tell the defense and run the exact same play three times in a row. You're going to get Montgomery. It. They did it all year with Montgomery. Montgomery's in inside know. the three or four. He gets the ball. He scores. It was they were they were out overthinking, overthinking. Yes, the coaches at times are trying to lose these games. Like they're going out of their way to make Detroit do their like what the yeah. Lions have always done. Yeah, Find a way played? to lose. I don't know if it was if somebody during the game. I don't think it was Camler or somebody. And they actually mentioned it during that little um that little run of plays there that looked like the Eagles. Except the Eagles do that everywhere on the field except for the two yard line there. They do the tush push. But it's just like you have this team that you know can run. You know they'll score if they do. But let's pass, 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 pass to make this as difficult and complicated as possible. I saw a stat where they were talking about DeAndre Swift averaged almost seven yards a carry on outside runs this year. Yeah. All we only 13, had like all thirteen. Only had like, <laughs> I was going to say you only had like twenty of them. Like, what are we doing? Oh, so so silly. Makes makes. Right. I think they were like second in the league in behind. I think the Ravens in yards per carry. Yet let's uh, just pass. Really was. Let's just pass fifty-two times a game. Silly, silly. All right, the Buffalo Bills no. playing at home. Come up short yet and. Against the Chiefs, come on, Buffalo. Man, I do not want to see the Ravens or the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I wanted to see the Bills, man. That's just wrong. I wonder why you got to be like that. Well, I don't, it's just who I am, Kevin. Yeah. It's who I am. Yeah. Uh, Kansas City, I didn't think their offense looked overly great outside of Isaiah Pacheco. <laughs> um, Travis Kelsey showed up again, but – I don't know. Rasheed Rice didn't even look real great. He made a couple big catches and first downs when they needed it. Uh, but Pacheco is a maniac. I I don't know that I'd want to tackle him either, to be honest with you. I know he's only – I mean, he's 5'10", 215, but – But that said, the Chiefs scored on five of the first six possessions, and the sixth one was the kneel down at halftime. So yeah. I think they definitely figured some things out on offense. The big thing is they ended up like third to last in the league in red zone efficiency. They mm -hmm. just couldn't score. They get the ball done and they couldn't ever score. But they sure as heck did it yesterday. They feel like they moved the ball 
it didn't look great, but it was very timely. The plays that it they didn't made look like Tyree Hill days where it's just chunk here, right. chunk there, chunk yep. here, scoring 35 seconds. I agree. Yep. But it looked pretty efficient. It's the best they've looked in since midseason. I agree. Um, there was a time, a moment in the game where Kansas City had 30 plays and 15 first downs. That's impressive. That's yeah, it is. That's chunks. Uh, I'll tell you what, though, man. Josh Allen is first off, he is way faster just from a pure speed standpoint than anyone realizes. When he decides to take off, he's shot out of a cannon and he is a monster. Yeah. I'm gonna look at I bet he's 250 pounds, I bet. At least. Um tough to get down. And I, I thought I thought he made good, pretty good decisions for me. I thought their offensive play calling was also a little suspect. If you think about that last drive, there were two third down and oh, I'm sorry, second and third down. They chucked the ball deep down the field. They, maybe it was on first down too. They didn't have to do that, especially with the so conditions weren't great. Catch, including Stefan right. Diggs now, apparently. Yeah. Maybe yeah. there's Beautiful more to this than we thought. There, maybe he's not getting the ball so much because he's just not playing very well to be honest yeah correct but you you it was what it ended up being a 40 what was it how long was a field goal there at the end that they tried to miss 47 47 right let's say instead of chucking the ball 17 23 yards down the field you make a seven yard completion now we're talking about a 40 yarder especially in those conditions i just didn't understand you only needed a field goal and i feel like they were really going for the win when they didn't have to no, there was enough time left that they could have continued just getting chunks down the field anyway. There was a minute and a half left. Right. It yes. wasn't like they were, you know, down to 15 seconds. And, you know, let's just chuck it down there one time, see what happens. You had plenty of time to just get a first down or at least get closer. That's my only thought is they thought there's after last year, two years ago, that debacle of, you know, 58 points in the last 13 seconds of the game that they thought, you know, just getting a field goal here, giving the Chiefs back the ball with a minute and a half left, we might still be in trouble. But Maybe. it's still better than just letting them kneel. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, all right. Ready to move on, look ahead to these championship games coming up? Sure, buddy. All right, let's go Detroit at San Francisco. We got Detroit's offense was fifth in points, second in passing yards, and fifth in rushing yards. What an offense for the Detroit Lions this year. 23rd, their defense was uh, overall 27th in the pass. Second against the rush, though. So Christian McCaffrey, might, it might be a little tough sledding for him, although I don't know if there's such he, a had, <laughs> he had, I think he only had two games all year with under 90 total scrimmage yards. Yeah. It's, He's matchup proof. It's just a it's fact. Uh, San Francisco. Listen to the, as a team, they were third in points, third in scoring offensively, and third in scoring defensively. Fourth in passing, third in rushing uh, offensively, and then they had the 14th pass defense, but the third best rush defense. They're bringing it on both sides of the ball. So we got some strength against strength here. Um, the biggest issue, I think, for Detroit is going to be those that defensive backfield limiting the damage that uh, San Francisco's pass game does. Now, if Debo doesn't play, obviously that's a huge help, but that's still going to be tough, man. Sanford, Purdy, and Kittle, and Ayuk, and McCaffrey out of the backfield, that's going to be tough to stop. 
my thought on that game is all going to come down to how many pressures Hutchinson can get. Dude, I'm interesting. Interesting, you say that because absolutely they're going to have to pressure Purdy. That's it. Uh, and I, I said Detroit's going to need to create at least two turnovers and not have any. If they can, well, or let's just say they need to win by two in the turnover battle, right? To have a shot, I think it spreads what six and a half. Uh, I, you know what, I didn't even look. I think there's a six and a half, and the Ravens is they're they're favored by three. I really think that's it. If Hutchinson, who I, I can't remember all the numbers today, but boy, if you look at his stats from this year of his, as it's, it's about his run stops and run stuffing and and pressures and his pressures per game, they're all off the charts. Um. If he can get a lot of pressure on Purdy, that'll make everything else so much easier. But will that happen? Uh, I really think that's the key to them having a chance. But obviously, the turnovers are huge. If it's plus two for the Niners, Detroit doesn't have a, a chance. If it's plus two for the Lions, we might have a, a game that comes down to the end. Yeah, uh, I agree. And our guy, Aiden Hutchinson, to add on to what you said, number one in QB pressures this year. Huh? Numero uno. Nobody pressured the quarterback uh, more than him. Now, he was 10th in sacks. So I think we talked about it on the show. I think I brought it up where he was getting there, just not being able to finish the play. Right. But I did see he's the first player in NFL history, the only player in NFL history to have something like over 20 sacks and four interceptions in his first two seasons. Yeah. Four interceptions. Yeah. Wow. Hello, Jacksonville. Gosh, we tried to tell him, didn't we, Kevin? We did, 100%. Tried to tell him. Uh, I, and also, one last thing about this game. San Francisco has home has three losses at home this year. Detroit has three losses on the road this year. So this is going to be – I think it's even more evenly matched than we think. We have this vision, and I, look, I'm falling – I'm, you know, falling prey to it as well. But this vision of who San Francisco could be, I'm not sure that's who they are anymore. Like when they were rolling people and we yeah. absolutely no doubt about it, they're the best team in the NFL. I'm not sure that's who they are right now. They just once in a while go out and just sort of throw out a stinker. Thing is, is even when they do, they usually win anyway, but sometimes right. they don't. I'm taking Detroit because I want to. Are you? Oh, well, dude, my heart and that's it. Every, so I'm taking everything right, here, right now, Detroit. Every. I love it. Everything except my brain is telling me Detroit. No, I agree with what you just said. These two teams are so much closer than anybody wants to give it credit for. It's just NFL bias. you got the Niners, one of the storied franchises of the league. You've got Detroit, who's on the 100% other end of the spectrum with the Browns. And it's hard to really wrap your head around. In fact, these teams are really closely skilled overall. The the big thing is that it's in San Fran. That's a that's obviously the, an advantage. And the coaching with Detroit, man, they play with fire all the time when they don't need to. I love Detroit. Oh God, this would be. So I do great. too, man. I do too. And this is one of those things too. I know the NFL loves their precious Niners, but I, I would bet Goodell would be perfectly happy if Detroit made the Super Bowl because that it's such a huge thing. Like you said people everywhere are rooting for them. It's not just well, Detroit people. Everybody's rooting for them. You saw something that said that this divisional round, the Lions, um, the tickets for that game were the most expensive tickets in divisional round oh, history. Yeah, that's right. I saw that. Like 600 bucks a ticket. Yeah. And good for these Lions fans, man. Get your ticket and don't sell it unless someone's going to give you, you know, you have to 
give you their rent payment. Those were going for more like the Ravens tickets. And we we're talking about the severe nosebleeders here. Even they right now are going for about 490 to 520. And oh, that's yeah. the championship game. Right. Detroit's are going for 600 just for the divisional game. Yeah. Because they're never right. there. People wanted to go. Right. People oh. waited their whole lives and never seen it once. Right. Uh, no kidding. Yeah. I people know. that have had season tickets for 50 years and they've never 67. won. They, yeah, they, 67 years he had season yeah. tickets. Like and they never got to see this. So it's a big deal. Yeah. Okay. The greatest thing to ever happen to me is my son being born almost six years ago. The second greatest thing is going to be when my next son is born, which could be any day now. My little man, uh, little Reddick, he's going to make his uh, introduction to the world at any time. Maybe before this show ends. I mean, we're we're close. That being said, if it weren't for him, I would be in Detroit or somewhere for the Super Bowl if the Lions were to make it. Obviously, I can't do it. No. I'm only slightly upset. But my gosh, would it be fun to be in Detroit if they're – I know it would be freezing cold and whatever, but gosh, the energy of that city would be unreal. I wonder if they'll do one of those tight things like open up the stadium for the big city. Oh, they should, man. They should. Especially since it's a dome. Oh, my gosh. They pack – they would sell out. It would sell out. There's no doubt. 100%. Because oh. everybody want to be there with their fellow Lions fans just to experience it together. Oh, my gosh. I would love to go. Next thing you know, you have a fumble six, and the whole place is completely quiet. I hope something terrible happens to you, Ravens. I will never let you forget it's it. It's rude. It's just rude. Speaking of your Ravens, they're going up against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Baltimore's fourth in points uh, offensively, 21st in pass yards, first in rushing yards, the best rushing team in football. Defense, number one scoring defense in the league, sixth in pass, 14th in rush, but they were also first in turnovers. And here's going to be a fun little thing. They were tied for the most takeaways in the league with what team? Kansas City. The New York Giants. Really? Yes, they both had 18 turnovers. Wow. That's bizarre. Right? There's a that there's is. an outlier stat. Right. I know. I haven't heard a single human being bring that up. And it's I, like the you could have gave me 20 stat. guesses and I wouldn't have ever said the Giants. I could have probably given you 30 guesses <laughs> and you might not have guessed the Giants. Wow. Interesting. Right? Well, I know. Uh, what else we got here? All right, so Kansas City, 15th and 15th best offense, but they boy, they've been sputtering um, you know, later in the season. Sixth and pass, 19th and rush, but that Isaiah Pacheco, man, he can really move the ball. Their defense, though, second best defense. So we got the the best defense against the second best defense. Uh, they were fourth in the pass and 18th in the rush. So we're talking as far as the defensive go, first in points, second in points, sixth and pass, fourth and pass. 14th in rush, 18th in rush. I mean, these teams are about as matched up uh, as you're going to get. So this this should be – if you told me this game was going to end up 12-9, I'd believe you. But if you also told me it was going to be a 35-33 game, I'd believe that as well. Yeah, I think the big kicker in the Ravens' favor is health. They've got really – nobody that's really going down recently. If anything, they're going to have a couple guys. Andrews might even be back for this game. What about Marlon Humphrey? 
He was out this past week. Yeah, he's we'll see. He was going to be iffy for last week, so we'll see for this week. But I'm just saying nobody got hurt this week. That's such a huge contributor that it, it's going to make be a huge adjustment. Everybody got out of that game pretty unscathed. I know uh, Kansas City, you know, they lost a couple. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think the Ravens are going to win, I'll be honest with you. I think they're going to do pressure-wise what the Bucks did to Mahomes in the Super Bowl. I think Mahomes is not going to have a lot of time to throw. We're going to get a pick or two, and hopefully good things happen. Though that said, I could also see the Ravens losing because it's Pat Mahomes, and he's hard to go against in the playoffs. Well, here's what's weird. Baltimore only lost four games all year, but three of them were at home. And all three of them, they had a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter. Right. Kansas City only had two losses on the road. So I'm telling you, these teams, this is going to be a good, like, strength against strength. Well, I don't want to say be. weakness. There's when not you a whole get lot down of to the Final there, Four, they should be good games. You don't get be. here on accident. Yeah, but that Detroit pass defense is the outlier there because that is not good. Yeah. Um, But look, Kansas City is – the defenses are great. I would believe you if you told me it was going to be a 9-6 game, but I'm leaning more towards – I don't think it'll be. I think there's going to be scores. I, Right. Both teams in the so, 20s, like 28-24 type game. If that's the case, though, it's going to be harder for Kansas City. Kansas City only scored 30 or more points three times all season. Baltimore's done it nine times. Yeah. So if Baltimore goes out and starts you know, scoring at will, like they've done so many times uh, this season, Kansas City might struggle to keep up. Dude, look what they did to your boy, Stroud. Stroud, yeah. Stroud beat up Cleveland for what five touchdowns, four on the ground, one on the CJ Stroud as a rookie led the NFL in passing yards per game. There you go. But I'm just saying, in general, against Cleveland, who a lot of people going into playoffs said that's the most dangerous defense in this, not not Baltimore, not KC, it's Cleveland. He ate them alive. What do you do against the Ravens? Nothing, zero. He let him do a field goal because zero the touchdown is a punt return, right. The Ravens just yep. shut them down. It was a little bit of bend here, a little bit of bend there, no break, and just didn't give gave up three points the whole game. It's interesting because their defense is so good. It's not the what was it the two thousand two thousand Ravens, right? Yes, Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and but there were some big names on that defense. I'm not sure. Like those are like Ed Reed, Ray Lewis. We're talking some of the greatest of all time. Yes. You don't have that on this defense right here. They're just playing great as a unit. But don't get me wrong. Um, you got Roshan Smith. Johnson. You got is Roshan Queen Johnson. Oh, sorry, my bad. Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith. Roshan. Somehow you signed the running back, a rookie that, running back from the Bears to I guess play that defense. One, one too many beers. Woo! So you have them both all pro uh, defensive players, first team, second team this year. Right? There's nobody on there that anyone is saying is a Surefire Hall of Famer someday. Right. Right. Did you see the so, stat today that they're only the fourth team in NFL history to have the first team all pro quarterback and the number one defense? Hmm. Uh, yeah. I don't think I did see that. All time. Yeah. The other three all won the Super Bowl. It's like the 72 Dolphins, 78 Steelers. Who in the hell was the other one? Bradshaw was never good. I didn't Look say he was. That doesn't mean he wasn't first-team All-Pro. 
I forget what the third team was, but Ridiculous. all three of them, all three of the other teams all won the Super Bowl. Unbelievable. You you know Terry Bradshaw, he threw more touchdowns than he did interceptions by two in his career. You know, the NFL it's, is different then. 212 yes, touchdown passes, 210 picks in his career. I never thought he was the greatest thing since sliced bread, but quarterback gets a lot of credit. When teams win, they get a lot of blame when they lose. That's just the way the NFL is. When Terry Bradshaw, he was an all-pro once. Pro Bowl three times, all-pro once. 28 touchdown passes, 20 interceptions. But that was the NFL then. It was different. You can't compare errors. We were talking about over 40 years ago. Not good. Nonetheless, it's a a heartening stat. Hopefully the uh, fourth time continues. Uh, go NFC. I don't care who it is. Niners, Lions, go NFC. What if it was the Cowboys? Go AFC. Oh, wow. Not the Cowboys are my least favorite team. Ravens are number two. Stupid. Well, I don't know what to tell you, man. I've been to Ravens games as a neutral fan and their fans are so nasty. Amazing. It, it's been – I have not enjoyed being in a Raven stadium, and I've gone to, I don't know, half a dozen games maybe. Maybe you should try to wear some purple and black next time. You'd probably be more enjoyable. I just dress neutral. I don't I'd dress like in anything. I'd like to see you go to a game sometime where black and yellow. That way you don't make it out. Uh, oh. <laughs> I'm going to go with you. Hold your hand. Fly with me. I'll be wearing purple. I'll, I'll be the guy kicking you in the ribs because somebody already knocked you down. Yeah, look at this guy. Get Where the hell's this son of a bitch? I don't know this guy. Oh, good times, Kevin. Good times. You got anything else, my man? <laughs> I I don't really. Uh, we'll have to start talking about coaching carousel. We're excited uh, that Mr. Antonio Pierce got hired. Yes. That was Congrats, Raider Nation. That's a good one. Brilliant. Um, So... Hopefully that works out for them. Other than that, yeah, we'll have to we can get in that here soon because we'll have two weeks after these games coming up to talk about all the craziness going on in, in, in the league behind the scenes right now. Yeah, man. Awesome. Well, thank you everybody for listening to oh, wait us. Minute. So who's your picks? Who do you think is gonna win? Not who you're uh, rooting for. Who do you think will win? I think it's going to be San Francisco, who we might pick to win. Uh, against the Lions simply because the Lions coaches are going to screw up something. They're going to call stupid, a stupid play and it'll be a turnover or something. Uh, and Baltimore, I think Baltimore is a better team. Okay. I'm going Lions in Baltimore. Okay. I have to pick one right. upset. I'm not going against the Ravens. Well, obviously not. Uh, all right, folks. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to check us out. Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. Get your bell on football podcast. Kevin, folks, we'll see you in a week. See ya.